Welcome to the Too Much Content Podcast. I'm your host, George Brown, and I'm joined by my best friends, Stuart and Chris. With so many streaming channels out there today, it's hard to know what to spend your time watching or catching up on those incredible shows your friends and colleagues are talking about, and even if it's worth going to the cinema anymore. So we do it for you. Every episode, we come together to discuss the latest premieres in film and TV, to give you the lowdown on the good, the bad, and the downright ugly. Without contradicting ourselves, you can listen to us anywhere on the go, so we can help you find what's best to watch. So sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Too Much Content Podcast. I'm um, your host, George Brown, and as always, I'm joined by my very good friend, Chris. Just very good. Just very Not good. Not better. But no second names this time, so well don't done. worry. Well I nearly said your second name. I said my second name. I'm not afraid. <laughs> not afraid to be out there. Um, I've got a very empty chair to my left because sad news. <laughs> nah, <I'm joking. laughs> he's died. <laughs> he's died. <laughs> uh, Stuart, um, our good friend Stuart. Oh shit! We were going to do a shout out to his photography page, but mm. now I don't know his website. Uh, I've got it. <laughs> Stuart, our good friend Stuart, who's obviously um a very big part of the podcast he's he's currently trying to progress his photography career and we would both agree that he's, he's an incredible photographer mm. and um Has told you about his new camera no right it's out of this world man it's insane yeah well the one that they gave him he's got a new one now he's got a new one bought a new bought one, new one. Yeah. Oh, he splashed the cash yeah. well um yeah he's trying to start his um photography career well not he started it but he's trying to progress it so He's taking a bit more time to try and focus on that, which we are understanding of, and um, he will try and drop in onto the podcast when he can. For any massive Stuart fans out there, um, you know, we're sorry about this loss, and, you know, he hopes to be on this um, podcast when he can um, to give his insight, you know. Hmm. Um, so, give him a little shout out. His website is www.stuartbead, that's S T U A R T B E D, dot photography. I hope I don't have to spell photography. <clears throat> yeah, go go check out his website. Um, he's also on Instagram on Stuart Beach Photography. Um, and just yeah, drop a few likes. And uh, if you need any photography done, you know it's cool. Anyway, uh, starting off the podcast this week, we've got um, a few films to talk about. Um, I'm going to talk about The Little Mermaid because I was um, forced into going to see that. Um, <laughs> Chris is going to talk about. Bo's Afraid. Bo's Afraid. I know you got that wrong. Bo's Afraid. <laughs> and then we're both going to come together and discuss Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I know we're a bit late, but we wanted to talk about it. It was a huge film. And um, recently we've just seen Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which was another great, um, you know, huge Marvel Sony film. So we're going to discuss those in detail um, and go through The Little Mermaid and Bo's Afraid um, a little bit between ourselves without giving many spoilers away. Um, first up though, got a bit of um, film news, we talked about this last time on the film podcast about the um, Fantastic Four casting. Have you heard who who the full cast might be? You haven't? <coughs> okay, so we talked about, um, what's his name now, I forgot his name, Adam Driver being uh, Mr. Fantastic, <coughs> and um, that was, I think that's kind of been like, um, kind of, they're saying that it's, that's going to happen. But um, Margot Robbie might be playing Susan Storm. That's kind of like the yeah, cast name. I think we spoke about it. We spoke yeah. about it. Yeah. And also, but they've said that, um, what's the guy's name? From, is it these people? Our people? 
name is no more people so Paul Paul, Paul, Mescal. Paul Mescal from um, Normal People mm. he might be playing Johnny Storm oh really and mm. then the guy from he actually played the voice of Sebastian in the Little Mermaid treasure scene he might be playing the thing I'm just going to get his name mm. one second he's a um, where is he from David David Diggs David Diggs yeah, David yeah. Diggs he's done uh, do you know him enough stuff Hamilton let me see a picture Hamilton, yeah. Yeah, he's in Hamilton, he's in Snowpiercer, the TV yeah, series, yeah. amazing TV series. So he, um, he's in that um, new environmental thing on Apple TV. No, um, I know what I'm just talking about. What's it called? Extrapolations. Yeah, no, I haven't watched it yet. No. Um, but uh, it's meant to be good. But yeah, he's meant to be playing the thing. So I think that's a pretty strong cast. Mm. Um, Paul Mescal, I think he's a really good actor. He's recently been in a film, um, what's it called? Yes, I it. was like it. a, did you watch uh, it? Yeah, yeah, With yeah, the girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, after Sun. After Sun. Amazing. Did you watch it, did you? Yeah, yeah. Was it really good? Yeah. It's on my list to watch. Um, but yeah, I really need to watch that. And maybe we could talk about that on the podcast too. Cause it's a bit of like a more of an indie film that we should probably review. Definitely. But yeah, did you enjoy it? Was it good? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just a quick review. Yeah. Is it? Uh, yeah. Uh, I couldn't really get into it. But right. it was a solid film. You could see what it was doing. And his acting was good. Yeah, his acting was great, yeah. I think that's a good strong cast for Fantastic Four. And the fact that I think they have confirmed that it's going to be based in the 60s and that they either got lost in time. Mm. There's been a lot of rumours, so hopefully we'll get some information dropped soon. Um, you know, I think they're meant to, it's meant to be coming out next year or the 2025. I think the film is, yeah, film yeah, is starting next year. So hopefully we should get some confirmations of casting news um, soon. Um, <clears throat> any other news that you want to talk about? Not really, no. No? Short lived. <laughs> <laughs> so, Little Mermaid. Um, I went to see this the other day. It stars Halle Bailey as Ariel, uh, Jonah Howard King as Eric, Melissa McCarthy as Ursula, and Javier Bardem as King Triton. Um, it's the longest live action Disney film so far. Um, obviously, I saw it. Chris hasn't seen it. Um, that being the longest, it being the longest live-action Disney film is its biggest downfall, in my opinion. Um, How long is it? Two hours and twenty minutes or something. Um, bit shorter than that, I think. Can't remember. But we did say it last on the last podcast. Um, but yeah, it, it just went on forever. Um, I have to say, the acting by Halle Bailey was really good. She she seems like a really good actress, mm. and I haven't seen her in anything else before. Um, but I think she will come into her own and like get hopefully get a few more um, castings off of this. And you know, I think she's a good actress. Um, Jonah Howard King didn't really sell it as much for me. I I didn't think he. They tried to flesh out his backstory, Eric's backstory, a bit more in the film, and I think that's maybe where the length came from. But for quite a simple story that's told very well in the old like, animated film, it wasn't it just didn't come across very well like it just it seemed very long and drawn out for kids <coughs> excuse me um you know it's meant to be a kids film and the animated film was quite concise and it had like the musical numbers um and i think the musical numbers were very good in this it just they didn't play out as well but the music was there the music was there the, music. the music's still there right. um but yeah it just wasn't as good and like 
it's difficult. How do you go from animation where you've got all these colourful things and you can make animals play instruments and all the rest of it? How do you translate that to live action? And I think the same difficulty you had with the Lion King, with the live action mm. Lion King, you know, how do you make these animals look expressive and have emotion? And, you know, they kind of achieved it with the live action Lion King, but I just... Uh, I wish I'd stop with these live-action remakes because they just don't seem... Yeah, but they're not going to, are they? Well, I know, because they've got, like, Moana coming <laughs> out because coming fucking out, Dwayne Not Johnson is just like... Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, yeah. Snow, <coughs> Snow White, obviously. Snow White's coming as well? Yeah, March 24. So, you know, yeah, they're not still. stopping. They're just trying to milk the Disney cow with, like, you know, trying to get these live-action remakes. But... Maybe I mean Lilo and Stitch with an animated character of Stitch like might be okay. Um, the Aristocats. That's an, see, what, you, development as how well. how bad was Cats? Do you remember Cats? Yeah, we well, didn't watch it. <laughs> oh I mate, never watched that. Honestly, awful movie. Um, obviously they're not trying to turn humans into cats. The Aristocats, but I, <laughs> I just think trying to do animation, trying to cross animation to live action with animals and emotions and expressions. It just doesn't work, in my opinion. Like, no, because you are you are relying on the actor, then, aren't you? <coughs> Instead of yeah, the and animator. obviously, like Halle Bailey, like trying to act in a water environment, did a really mm. good job. Have you seen the behind the scenes of how <coughs> she did that? No, why not? No, I haven't. Oh, that's like all this blue screen, and it's um, just a guy hunched down the ball, and she has to basically sit on top of this guy. Oh, really? As if she's in the sea and do all the oh crazy. Yeah. So you know, a really great acting from her. Um, but yeah, just like the animals don't play instruments in this one. Like, I hope that's not a spoiler for anyone. But <laughs> the animals don't play instruments. They just kind of like, I think I heard this on the Komodo podcast as well that like he was disappointed that the animals just kind of march around and walk around and swim. And although it's bright and vibrant, it's not as emotional. It doesn't draw you in as well as the animated one did. Did um, and so that, that you know that for me was just like you lost some of the magic in that, I guess. Um. Melissa McCarthy as Ursula. I think she did a good job. I think she kind of stayed true to the original. Um, she kind of did her thing. I think um, sometimes you watch like Melissa McCarthy and she just plays the same sort of like character in every role, but she kind of delved into this one a lot deeper. And I think like um, she portrayed Ursula quite well. Um, and she was quite menacing. And there was a huge. You, I don't know if you've seen the animated original. No. There's a huge action scene at the end, and um, Ursula kind of grows in size, and that was done really well. Um, and it could have been quite comical if she'd grown to the size she'd grown, and you could see her quite well. But they hid it within the darkness and the rain, um, right. so they kind of hid her features, and so that kind of didn't take you away from it as much, and you kind of felt the danger of the moment. But it was good. It was an okay film. I just think it would be lost on kids. I don't know if kids would, you know, enjoy it as much. Mm. Um, Obviously, a lot of us who have grown up from watching the old original animated film, you know, we might enjoy it more. It might be more geared towards adults rather than kids. Um, but, you know, for a Disney cash cow to try and get a kids' film out there to make lots of money, it hasn't really, didn't really do it for me. Yeah. Um, and Javier, Javier Bardem as King Triton, he didn't really have much to do, but, you know, can't really go wrong with Javier Bardem. He's pretty good in everything that he does, so he was good for me. Um, I think... Is it worth taking your kids to see? Um, it's a difficult one. It's a difficult time to worth if it's worth putting your time into watching it because there's a lot of other good films out at the moment. Um, you know, we're gonna go on and talk about Spider-Man because spoilers. I think that was a lot 
more engaging for kids with the colourful animation and stuff than this would be. Um, but I do think, you know, everyone talks about Disney Princess. Um, and obviously, Halle, Halle Bailey is like a, you know, a black female actress. And I think it's good that, like, the you're seeing different rather than just the, you know, the stereotypical white, you know, Disney Princess. So, mm-hmm. obviously, I think that's good for kids. And I think that's better that, you know, they've got different casting to, to, to do that. And yeah, like I said, she was great in it. Um, and I think kids will engage with her and you know the aerial character. So I do think it's good for kids. Um, but it is very long, and you know, if you've got young kids, it might not be be as good. Um, and for adults, I wouldn't really bother taking the time to go see it. But yeah, so that, that's just the one I made. That's my quick thoughts on it. Obviously, Chris hasn't seen it. That's my take on it. Um was a bit lackluster for me. I think I'll give it sort of a maybe I don't know. For me, I'd give it a, f- a four or five out of ten. Wow, pretty pretty low yeah. rating. Yeah. However, my girlfriend who forced me to go see it. Maybe she didn't force me. I did want to go <laughs> see it. I did because maybe forced same. She forced me. Maybe would say what you know if that was my experience. But I um. I did want to go and see it because I was interested in if it was going to be any good or not. Um, I know someone who worked on the film and the CGI and he was bigging up the big action scene at the end and the action scene was good but it didn't last for very long. And it didn't. I didn't feel like it had the stakes that the animated film did. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, as an adult I just didn't enjoy it as much but my girlfriend did so maybe not being sexist but from a female perspective maybe it would have been better than a male perspective I'm not sure. Um but yeah, it wasn't wasn't worth time for my in my opinion. But that's a little mermaid. We're gonna go on to uh but <laughs> I was afraid. <laughs> George can't say bow. He's been saying Bure. It's because I'm French, um at heart. Bure's a French. What else you say? Bell. Bell. No, I didn't say bow. I can't remember what you said. <laughs> I said bu. Bu is a French. Yes. Anyway, you never heard the name Bo before. I have heard the name Bo. It's just not a common name. Just B I W. Bo, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, Bo is afraid. Uh-huh. Um, it's uh, cast as Joaquin Phoenix as Bo, um, Patty Lupon as Mona, um, Amy Ryan as Grace, and Nathan Lane as Roger. Um, personally, I haven't. S- I didn't get to see this film because it had such a limited release. I do not understand what happened here. Maybe. And Chris is obviously going to go on to describe sort of the plot and like what happens <laughs> if he can. Um, I've heard it's quite crazy, but Chris and Stuart went to see this, and I didn't. I wasn't able to go see them. But within a week of it being out, or a week and a half, it was off. It was off cinemas. Like no one could see it. And I, I've heard it's quite a crazy film. Um, but so maybe that's why they didn't think it was going to have a very long release because they weren't sure how it was going to be taken. But Chris, if you want to kind of go through like the story outline and kind of. If you can, without getting any spoilers away, obviously, tell us what the film's about and, um, yeah, your sort of opinion on yeah. it. Yeah, it's very difficult to describe this film. Um, three hours long. It's a complete three-hour trip because it just goes through sort of all different genres. Um, three just, hours long? Yeah. Fuck it up. And you could kind of break it down into... F- like six different like mini films in a way. Oh, so you or think they could do like chapters, like sort of uh, like a Tarantino. In a way, yeah, but in a way, it is 
an overarching It's not story. conventional. Right. But in, in, as it's got like a beginning, middle, end, all that rubbish, this kind of has three different acts. Yep. Um, but does it does it have uh, a beginning, middle, uh, end? No, not really, no. Really? I mean, I, it's hard to define the end, isn't it? No, but okay, all right. Should we say, sorry, <laughs> should we say this is directed by Ari Aster? Yes, I was going to answer that. So directed, by, directed and written by Ari Aster, who did Midsummer. Um, Hereditary, Midsummer, And he's come out and said he doesn't want to describe the film. Right. So in all the press... So he wants the, the audience to yeah, it's completely up take to the their audience. own take on it. Um, he wrote this, didn't have anyone in mind for the roles, um, but it soon became clear... I can't remember, he said he had dinner with someone who then put him in touch with Joaquin Phoenix. Right. And of course, this is very sort of on-brand for Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. We saw um, me and Joyce and <laughs> an experience in the cinema, um, watching You Were Never Really Here. Um, <laughs> Should we tell the audience the story? We went and saw well, this I'm film. surprised <laughs> the reaction from that wasn't matched by, and it we, kind of was, but yeah. <laughs> we went and saw this film, You Were Never Really Here, and it's a fucking trip. It's crazy. What's the name of um, it? You know, go watch it if you want a bit of a crazy time. Um, but we're sitting in the cinema. We're both kind of looking at each other throughout this film, kind of thinking, oh, what the fuck is going on here? And then a gentleman at the back of the cinema stood up, didn't he? Mm. Like, probably 20 minutes from the ending. <laughs> stood up and said, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> and just continued to walk out. <laughs> and I just we were cracking up, weren't we? Oh. I just lost it in the cinema. It just perfectly explained, like, what what's going on but it, it was a good film i thought in the end it was film, yeah i loved it yeah but yeah it was um, a was an experience but yeah you're saying this is kind of on par with this, that yeah um you could, could easily say the two films were linked in a <laughs> way i mean in you were never really here he's an assassin isn't he yeah he's kind of struggling um, with PTSD. in this he just yeah isn't just um, mental. <laughs> <laughs> um so but let me try and explain. Yeah, I was gonna say the title. Is let me try and explain. But he's afraid. So what? What is he afraid of? Is he afraid of anything? Or well, he's in a way he's afraid of the whole world because he has got issues. Very sort of yeah. We get into his past and his background. He's had a troubled childhood. Um, it's clearly. Um, Doesn't he have mental health? He's got mental health issues. He's definitely um, <coughs> been diagnosed with anxiety issues. Yeah. Um, he goes to a therapist. He's given some medication. There's a whole joke with the medication that you must take it with water. Right. Um, and then he doesn't have any water, and again that sets off his anxiety, and he okay. just loses it. Yeah, and that's so <laughs> in, in hilarious. It's really funny. In I don't want to give any spoilers away, but like you're saying, he kind of in his mind he's obviously worrying and stuff. Do they play out these scenarios? Oh, like yeah. do you see scenarios yeah. play out? What's so going on in that's all, all the beginning. So the first bit is, um, you get a bit of his background, I think, but then it's all present day. You get to see his living situation, right. his therapist, um, and then he talks to his mum on the phone. All right. In a way, this film is just someone trying to go and see his mum. Right. Um, he's got to go and get take the plane to get his mum. She lives there across the other side of America. So it's kind of like a travel story, but like mm -hmm. on the way, he kind of freaks out a lot. In a way, yeah. You could, yeah. it could be like The Hobbit, really. <laughs> An unexpected you know, journey. <laughs> He's right. just trying to get somewhere. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it takes some turns. So the second act really is, well, a bit more on the first act. It's about his whole living situation. He lives in this really 
um, rough area um, of high drug use, a lot of alcohol, a lot of antisocial behaviour, loads of homeless people on the streets. Um, doesn't help him and it makes you think that is he really is this really a thing or is he thinking this oh so is you, you're wondering is he like so all the way through the film I've just got this doubt in the back of my mind that nah, this isn't real so you think he's just imagining the scenario like, like that it's so bad yeah. yeah like that film you saw with um, Florence Pugh and Harry Styles oh you never uh, not you never knew. <laughs> hello hello darling yeah uh, don't, don't worry, worry darling don't worry yeah. darling um I was just like, yeah, there's something Yeah, sort of something in the back of your head that you don't this. feel right about. Um, Which Ari Aster's really good at doing, obviously, with Midsummer, yeah. he did such a good job. Exactly. That. Um, but then you've got little jokes in there, but that's the thing, you just never know, because as you focus in <laughs> on the drama of it, you've got these little jokes in there, like he has this it's microwave meal. Catching you meal. off guard. <laughs> yeah, he has this microwave meal, which is like the best taste of Hawaii and Ireland. <laughs> so, right, okay. um, it's just loads of these little random yeah. things that make people funny. But then I feel bad laughing about it, because he's living in this really... Oh, he's got such a situation, situation, yeah. And you feel really awkward to laugh. You're like, oh, should I be should laughing? I be laughing? Yeah, yeah. And then that sort of takes you away from the film. Like, how do I approach this? Um, and then the second part, something happens. The second part, he meets um, Roger and his wife, uh, Grace. Played by Nathan Lane. Ryan and and Na- Ryan. Yeah, Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane, I absolutely love. He is <coughs> amazing in this film. Yeah. Always has these, little, he has these little jokes. Again, he's keeping it off key. You have the drama, but then you've got these little jokes. Um, sort of trickled in sometimes. He's always got these little catchphrases like, "Hey guy, <laughs> thought you sleep in, huh?" It's like he never slept in. He was, I can't say. I'm not going to say what, but you know, he was going through something. Um, and he's actually a doctor. Um, is Roger? So he sort of um, he's trying to diagnose patches him. up. Oh, okay. Patches up by, um, and that whole scene is yeah a bit weird because Boas take he takes their daughter's room. Right. Sleeps in their daughter's bed. The daughter's demoted to the sofa. Right, okay. um, and they also live with um, someone who their son was with in the army. Right. Um, who's going through some PTSD as well. So it's like this weird home for yeah, yeah, troubled yeah. people yeah. in a way. Because yeah. um, their daughter doesn't come out of it that well either. Um, and then, yeah, the third part is... Well, there's not... I completely... Don't want to go into spoilers. Completely... Off the rails. Completely bonkers. Right. It was. I, I'm not going to describe. It. I can't even attempt to describe it. But so so it's a bit of a roller coaster ride of a film. Insane. So if you had to, and then, but then you got. <laughs> it's already four parts, and you got this other part, which is in this sort of forest bit, which is completely weird as well. <laughs> you can't without spoiling it. You can't describe it. Right? You can't. Yeah, it's mad. Explain it. Well, because obviously I, I asked you guys for your opinion when you left the cinema and you just said, yeah, it's, you it's just crazy. To, yeah, you just have to watch it. You just you have to see it and to, to believe really it. Um, and I think a, a couple of things have been spoiled for me on like social platforms like TikTok and stuff because um, I've heard weird things like, you know, some some weird things yeah. described about what Which are probably all true, but... Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes it even more intriguing, like, but... Yeah, it does yeah. make it intriguing. But I was so disappointed that... Do you think that's why they did, had such a limited release? Do you think because it was so crazy that they thought people might not take to it? I don't know because it wasn't just our <coughs> cinema, was it? It was the whole. That's what maybe I mean. It's, it's the, the whole agreement country. between A twenty the distributor A twenty four and and Cineworld. Yeah, I have no idea because yeah, yeah. but all cinemas weren't showing it. Like really? uh, Odeon, like was not in our area anyway. I don't know about the rest of. It. I don't yeah. know about London or something, but yeah. 
it just it was closed off for a lot of cinemas. So I just wonder if they thought maybe because it's so crazy that people might not take mm. to it. Do you know what well, I mean? me and Stu saw it in a special unlimited screening, didn't we? You did, yeah. Um, so I think it was that, and then it was out for a week. And it's on, not on a the con- Friday. I don't obviously I haven't seen it, but I don't think it doesn't sound like it's a conventional genre. Like no. Midsummer and Hereditary, you could you could say they were horrors or, or you know horror slash thriller almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a little bit of comedy throughout, but yep. yeah. But whereas this, it sounds like it's like comedy, drama, horror, yeah, psychedelic trip. <laughs> um, you know, it just sounds like a mishmash of genres. So yeah. maybe they didn't think it would, you know, they didn't know how to sit with audiences. Um, but yeah, no. obviously, you know, Ariaster has got a lot of backing from A24 because, you know, he's done so well for them. Um, so they've probably, you know, given him the benefit of the doubt and let him make this film that he obviously wants to make. So. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit like the Nolan, like Nolan, Christopher Nolan, he's kind of, you know, kind of got that sort of power now to do what he wants because he's, you know, proved himself. So Arias has kind of done the same thing, hasn't yeah. he? You know? But then you just look at the reviews and the, you know, the reviews are literally either, this is absolutely awful, complete waste of time. Yeah. What or is this? Don't know how to describe it. So it's, Wow. That yeah. was an amazing three hour story that just kept you on the edge of your seat because you never knew what was going to happen next. Yeah. That Those are the only two. There's no sort of in between with this film that I've seen anyway. It's obviously unfortunate for audiences that we're trying to speak to because normally we try and review things as they're out at the cinema or, you know, soon to come to streaming so that people can, like, watch them. Um, with this, do you know what streaming it's coming to? No. I don't know either. Um, so there's <laughs> difficult things. So hopefully, you know, obviously update, but yeah, hopefully this is going to come to streaming soon so everyone can watch it um, because obviously like we said this, it's not on many cinemas at the moment um, I feel like yeah in the cinema late, though obviously. I feel like if you watch this at home I think many people would just turn it off really because it's just so random while. yeah no. well in the cinema obviously you can walk out but I don't like walking out of films and yeah. I would, I'm obviously I'm not saying I would have walked out of this film but in a cinema you're sort of there aren't you you're sort in the moment aren't you yeah, yeah. Yeah. you're going um, there to, for the experience yeah um, which definitely added to it yeah, I don't know. Out of ten, what would you give it? Out of ten, it sounds like you're very find very difficult to put it in a I'd box. Say Do you know what I mean? Seven and a half. Seven and a half. That's a high rating. Yeah, it's a high rating. Because I did enjoy it. Yeah. But I, I like fucking Phoenix. So I'm a bit biased, but just oh. again the acting from fucking Phoenix, the different emotions that he has to show is insane. Right. Okay. It's probably one of the. But it's not Top only Joaquin um, Phoenix. So that they, because I, I don't know if you mentioned that they kind of go through his ages, don't they? Oh, that's crap, like yeah. a, on the poster. That's yeah, like so a the, big in these flashbacks, yeah, which is because on the poster they um, make a big thing of it in the they make a massive marketing. thing, all in the marketing, like you say. Um, the young bow, teen bow, is played by Armin uh, Napatean. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, we get that. And that's in the flashbacks right. with his mum. Yeah. You <coughs> see, when they went on the holiday one time. His mum owns this big company. She's quite well off. Oh, don't um, spoil it. Don't spoil it. But yeah, yeah. Okay. No, yeah. Um, and yeah, so the flashbacks only really start. It's sure you get one at the start, but then they only really start in the sort of the second half of the film. Right, yeah. Um, and it is, yeah, it does. It is important because it does all tie in. Yeah, and, and you see the old version of him and stuff as well. Which is obviously yeah. played by Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. But not as much as the young. Yeah, I can't say. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But yeah, that does happen. You do see him mm. go through his ages. So as you. Yeah. Do you want to yeah, talk really. about it in spoilers? Do you want to no, go for a no, spoiler no, section? No, 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 no. 
I, I don't really want to talk about spoilers because I'd like to watch, to watch it. it. So, um, um, but yeah, again, you never really know what's real. You're on your toes. In this film. And does it have a, without spoiling and the end it, is, does it have a definitive ending? Yeah. Because I tried to get this out of you too when you came out and you didn't really say. Is it, is it, did it happen or not? Right, okay. You just don't know because it's so crazy. Very intriguing. Very intriguing. Okay, so that's cool. So I, I'm looking forward to, and hopefully, like we said, you know, hopefully that'll come out streaming soon. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll find out. Yeah, I hope I haven't been too negative, <coughs> but yeah. No, it sounds it's sounds many positive. different it genres. Like so everyone should really like it if you because it's many genres. But do they all mix together? Not one to watch with kids though. Oh, that's no. Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> um, what yeah, rain is it? Was it? Is it eighteen? Oh, 15. 15. 15. Um, um But there is a scene in it very traumatic <laughs> there's two scenes in it yeah which probably should make it 18 really but yeah I think if I was 15 that would put me off be quite a life changing experience life, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right interesting well I'm very intrigued and I'm looking forward to seeing it so hopefully I'll see it soon um, so that was Bo's afraid. now we're going to go on to the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 um Obviously, we understand we're putting out this episode quite late and Going to Galaxy 3 kind of came out a long time ago, so probably most people listening has already seen it if they wanted to go see it. Um, but, you know, we wanted to talk about it because it was a huge film and, we, yeah, it was enjoyed by both of us, I believe. Mm. So I think it would be good to talk about um, and, you know, hopefully you'll just get our thoughts. I think we'll do like a little bit about the film and then we'll go into spoilers after um, because we do want to talk about it with spoilers. Um, so hopefully you enjoy listening to our thoughts and what we thought of it. Um, so obviously Chris Pratt, Bradley Cooper, Palm Clementif, Dave Bautista, Zoe Saldana, Karen Gillan, Vin Diesel and Sean Gunn are all back as their you know, characters as um, Rocket, Peter Quill, um, Gamora, um, Nebula, Mantis um, and obviously Sean Gunn plays... Um, Craglin and also he does the body for um, Rocket and Groot's back obviously um, so yeah that's the, that's the normal cast that are all kind of back for this film which is the third in, in the trilogy um, of Guardian Galaxy films and um, you've got newcomers in Will Poulter, um, Maria Bakalova um, Chukawudi Iruji I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly and um, obviously Nathan Fillion um, does have a um, cameo which we'll go and talk about, but yeah, he's been he's had a cameo in every Guardians film. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so the story, kind of, obviously everyone hopefully has seen it by now. But um, at the start of the film, Will Porter's character he plays the um, high evolutionary's creation of Adam, um, Adam Warlock, and he's sent by the um, what's that race of people called? I can't remember. But he's sent by the high, evo- high evolutionary, who's played by Chukwudi Uji, um, to capture Rocket because um, the high evolutionary wants him back because he's an experiment. Um, so he's sent to collect Rocket, and it mean in the meantime fights the Guardians at their new base of nowhere, um, which we saw in the Christmas special. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Rocket is uh, injured during the fight. And they try and save him, but they realise that he's got a kill switch, which was put into him when he was um, evolved and made. Um, so then they have to go on an adventure to try and save Rocket, basically. And throughout the film, you get flashbacks to Rocket's past and understand what happened with him and you know, how he became who he became. Um, 
First thoughts. Did you enjoy it? I did. Much more than I thought I would as well. Yeah? Yeah. Really enjoyed it. I was one or two areas <coughs> a bit disappointed in, but well, I'm sure we'll get on to them. I was excited for it um, going in, and I th- I... I've heard this comment from a lot of people like saying that it's the best Marvel film since Endgame. <coughs> and I think, if I think about it, other than, if you think about all this, the films that have come out, not talking about the TV series or anything, but all the films that have come out, I have to agree. Other than maybe... Oh, that's Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. But Spider-Man did build on nostalgia a lot because mm. of the other Spider-Man coming into it and stuff like that. So I think that was... Kind of have to take that out of the running because you know that there's a, there's a lot of different aspects to that. It's not just a film on its own; it's also bringing yeah. back past characters. So I think for me, it is definitely the best film since Endgame. I think it had at the heart of it a lot of emotion. Um, I think I don't know how James Gunn does it, but he this obviously directed and written by James Gunn. Um, but he he just gets he just understands emotion and like the family mm. dynamic and he just really captures it really well like the bickering and you know sort of the conversation always feels fluid and like realistic it doesn't ever feel out of place um i thought i thought it was great i really really enjoyed it and i think the story and the flashbacks to rocket will forever change the way you watch the old guardians films now and understand like why he's a dick you know most of the time um but yeah, it got me, man. <coughs> Sorry, I'm welling up. <laughs> but no, yeah, like, it was just incredibly emotional and, like, you know, you feel for the characters when they're injured and, you know, with James Gunn, he, you know, has got a reputation of killing off characters in past films like Suicide Squad and stuff. So, I think a lot of people went into this thinking that, you know, something bad was going to happen. So, I think that always puts you on the edge of your seat throughout yeah. the film. Um, and, like, when characters get injured, you think, oh, shit, is this it? Um... But yeah, what what like some of the standout stuff that you thought? I think the main standout was um, the performance of Chuck Woody Iwuji. Yeah, um, that's a high. I've seen strength. him in Peacemaker before, which is a series again directed by James Gunn. With um, was it written by James Gunn as well? I'm not sure. That's why I didn't I think say. it was. I think it was. Um, but that stars Sean Cena. That's DC. That's, yeah, that's not Marvel. Um, but that's coming back for a second series. I so what character really did he play in that? Series. Did he play an agent? Um, yeah, might be. Yeah. Um, but his acting in this was unbelievable. It, yeah, it was the first thing I noticed, really. Yeah. Um, see, emotionally, he plays as a scene where he has to sort of like fake cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, yeah. Um, he, obviously, explain the story. So he, he created Rocket. Um, and... Bit of a spoiler. It is a bit of a spoiler, but I think it's been so long now since it came out that I think, should we just put a spoiler? I mean, I enjoyed the film. I'd say go see it. If you haven't already seen it, what have you been doing? Um, yeah. <laughs> go see it. It's a great film. It's um, quite long, but it's, it's enjoyable. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's that. Okay, that's our review. We, we really enjoyed it. So it's good. I think we're going to spoilers because it's hard not to talk about the film without going to spoilers. Um, obviously, he, he creates Rocket. And um, his his kind of goal is to create the best civilization that he can, mm-hmm. and he keeps creating these different civilizations, and then he just kind of wipes them out and starts again. Um, <clears throat> and Rocket is the first creation of his to have his own thoughts, isn't it? Yeah. To have natural thoughts and, and to to because he fixes one of his machines and he said, "Oh, how did you know that?" And he said, "I just I don't know, I just know," and. Obviously, Rocket um, 
gets away from him and he wants Rocket back because he doesn't know how Rocket is the first one to have his own thought. He wants to study. Yeah, yeah he wants to study yeah. Rocket and basically take his brain out. Them, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he plays this guy who's just a manacle guy with a lot of issues <laughs> and he's just a narcissistic sort of self-indulgent egotistical maniac, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And um, I just think... Well, he's just blinded by his... No, his own power. Science, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think he just plays it so. I just think you think he's such a dick. Like, mm. and the bit that just fucking I just thought it was great was when um, Peter and Groot walk into like the spaceship, um, into his like laboratory or whatever it is, and he like puts his finger up and tells them to wait, you know, for a minute. Yeah. And it's just like what a prick! <laughs> you know, what a prick! Like they're here because Rocket's dying and he just saved his life, and he just turns to wait a minute. I just thought he's such a dick, but yeah. So to make you feel that emotionally about a character is obviously shows how well he played it. Um, yeah, I thought he was great. And obviously, like, his story throughout the way he develops, um, you know, the cosmetics on his face that he does to try and keep his face looking natural. Yeah. Um, after Got what, that. you know, like it did to him. Obviously, I was quite shocked because you expect most Marvel films to be sort of disney find and aimed at kids which i think has been a huge issue for thor um thor was very comedic the last four that yeah. came out was ridiculously comedic and you know took away from the the height of the story and obviously gore was quite a imposing could have been villain so yeah he could have mm. been so much better you got christian bauer i think fucking they fucked up basically <laughs> dr strange in the multiverse of madness you know could have been a lot scarier they had um Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi, who's a horror director. That could have been a lot scarier. He had that one scene with Scarlet Witch where she was a bit scary, but other than that, you know, it's the multiverse film. It could have been a lot scarier. It could have gone into a lot darker. This is the only film where, to me, I felt it was very dark for children. Like, I said, my uh, my dad said, should I take your little brother to see us? And I said, well, I don't know if he could handle it. Uh, it's, it's quite a dark film. Yeah, but there's, but there's different ways aspects. of dark, isn't there? I mean, you've got the blood and the gore. Yes. As as they couldn't, but this is like emotionally. This is emotionally dark, but I think it is bloody and gory. Like when he rips his face off. Yeah, but... You don't see it as much, but it, if, for a kid, you got to imagine for a kid, that'd be quite scary. Like <clears throat> Rocket yeah, like ripping I mean, someone's it's like face. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, but still, it yeah. means it doesn't mean you can't take a five-year-old to it. It's got to be with an adult. I know, but you'd have to be. This <coughs> is more about the parent than. Okay, I, I would <laughs> I would not expect the twelve A to have this sort of stuff in it. Really? Yeah, no way. I think I think because you don't have any younger siblings, you mm. wouldn't understand. But like I've taken Harvey, um, my younger sibling, to like films before, and we've understood that it was a mistake because he has been scared. And and something that we as young adults would not think is being scary, you don't realize how scary it is to kids. So I think an animal jumping on someone's face and ripping their face to shreds <laughs> is quite <laughs> scary. Um, and obviously, like we said, emotionally, it is quite dark. You know, it deals with like loss and like you know characters getting killed. You know, point blank. You know, he, Rocket losing his friends who are animals, and obviously, it was it was quite a dark story. But I think that's what made it. You know, it it, it was good because it dealt with adult themes, and I think that's why so many adults you know could engage with it, and it was great. Um, yeah, I just I just thought it was it was unreal, and I think. You've obviously got Gamora as well, who's come back from Endgame, and she's a different Gamora, and she doesn't have the relationships with, you know, the family of the Guardians like she did before. And I thought that dynamic was impeccable. I thought it was so good the way they wrote 
or James Gunn wrote that dynamic between her and Peter Quill because you feel so much loss from Peter and you know he's having to deal with looking at someone that he's lost mm. and she has none of the memories that he has with her and I thought it was fucking crazy I thought it was so good and you know she he's, he's desperate for her to like be part of the family again and to feel the emotions that he feels and she just says like fuck off like I'm not the person you want me to be and it is about dealing with that sort of like getting over that loss and yeah. dealing with grief and you know how do you move on from these problems we should mention she's got her own team now hasn't she headed by Sylvester Stallone well no they're, they're the um, Ravagers aren't they yeah. so she, she she's working with she's the Ravagers with from who, who we saw before with Sylvester Stallone um, he makes a cameo in this again um, so yeah the, the, the dynamics between everyone and then you've got like the dynamics between Nebula and Rocket because they were alone together throughout Infinity War when everyone was lost and Nebula and Peter well yeah, yeah which is a surprise really you know, had that much screen yeah. time before together no. it's always been Gamora she's kind of taken the role the Gamora's taken as like the sort of the mum of the team and you know everyone he did very well everyone had their shining moment don't you think maybe the only person who didn't was Kraglin because he was left behind of nowhere but mm. of the main sort of Guardians group they each I think they each got their part like yeah and what she had to do <clears> because it was we all know it's the last one yeah and I think I think he did it so well like he gave everyone their shiny moment like you got a bit about um, you know Drax and 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 um, Dave Bautista you know and we haven't spoken about Dave Bautista he's acting like mm. Dave Bautista uh, <laughs> not throwing shade on Dwayne Johnson <laughs> but fucking of a wrestler who's become an actor Dave Bautista is the best yeah. I think He's proven himself in so many roles. I think he's going to go on to do great things. And I think that's why he wanted to leave, obviously, the Marvel franchise because he wants to focus on more serious stuff. Um, but he's a great actor. And um, he was very good in this. Um, Palm Clementif, she kind of was introduced in number two, but she had a much bigger role in this. And I think she was very good as, like, you know, comedic factor, but also she brought a lot of heart to the story. Um, and, yeah, Bradley Cooper as Rocket. I mean, he just does the voice, but, like... I was, I, was, I was upset because Rocket wasn't in this as much because obviously he gets injured at the start and then throughout, you know, they're, they're trying to save him, but you get these flashbacks. But obviously there was a younger version of Rocket that wasn't played by Bradley Cooper. But, you know, as soon as he comes back into it, it he's great. And I think although he wasn't in as much, he obviously was the emotional driving force of the story, which mm. I think was good. Um, and and the, the humour, like... Taika Waititi did it very well in for Ragnarok where it was a good mixture of action drama and, and humour and then he kind of went too far with the humour in, in the last one whereas I think James Gunn he just balances it so perfectly well in this one and and it's the first Marvel film like we said before with the F word in it isn't it yeah and fuck um, <laughs> and it was done in such a nonchalant way that I just loved it um, you know they're trying to get into that car and she's trying to open the door and she can't do it and he just says fucking open the fucking door and it's I just it's so well done. I just think it's so natural. Um, but I, for all these hires and all these developments, it obviously does take away from Adam Warlock, whose character wasn't. See, I was think sort of like an afterthought, really. Um, I don't think he came across that well. I didn't find he's just sort of this bumbling idiot. Wasn't he just mucking things up? He kind of took wrong. the vision role that Vision had, like the Born Yesterday sort of role. Mm. 
um, where he didn't know anything. I mean, I think he did take on a more of a prominent. I I don't know if people like the character of Adam Warlock and was going in expecting more from him, then yes, you would have been disappointed. Um, but for me, it didn't take away from the story. Obviously, he didn't add much. Like without him there, I don't think it would have lost anything in the story. No, but he does kind of set it. He sets it up, yeah. sets the plan in motion because he hurts Rocket, mm. and I think that action scene at the start was very ambitious with all the camera work that they did because like there's a lot of like, spinning around and everything that kind of pulls you into the action. Um, and he and he is strong. He is very powerful. Yeah. Um, and I think they got that across well. And I think he will become it, come into his own. But yeah, I do think maybe you would be a bit disappointed if you were a big Adam Warlock fan from the comics. Um, he was kind of like the bumbling idiot and kind of, yeah, he was kind of a bit lackluster, but, um, Will Poulter as him was, it was a good, act- I think he was yeah. a really good actor and he was funny mm-hmm. and he had good comedic beats in it. I didn't find him that funny. Did you not? No. I found it funny that he kind of had this posh sort of like way about him. Um, I don't, I didn't mind that he was kind of like the bumbling idiot who was born yesterday. I, it, it kind of worked for me. I, I, I didn't mind it. Um. It's each their own, but yeah, I just... I just think if you take him out of the film, you wouldn't even notice the difference. Like, That's what I'm saying. To be That's what, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, I don't think... Um, other than the start, but you could have had the high evolutionary go in there and do the exact same thing. Him, he could have hired anyone just to... Exactly. So yeah, unfortunately, if you took him out, and yeah, I don't know if he would have been missed, but... um, <coughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, it, is, but I, th- I thought he was good actor, and I hope he comes into it more of his own. And obviously, Maria Baklova, who does the voice of Cosmo, the the dog with telepathic powers, mm-hmm. I thought she was quite good. Like she added a bit to the family dynamic and story, and you know, there's a few jokes with her in it that were quite good. And then obviously, we're speaking about Nathan Fillion. He has quite a big cameo in the film. <laughs> probably my favorite bit of the film. Really, the, the, the joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're trying to break into the pri- um, yeah. into the laboratory and. He plays this uh, security guard who kind of has a joke about another security guard being under his wing and being a bit of a, an idiot. Mm. Um, and that was quite funny. But so, yeah, the humour was on point for me throughout the film. I thought it was very funny. Um, and uh, and I'm surprised, and this is a huge story, but I'm surprised no one did die. Yeah. So I went in I'm expecting sure at least... Peter was going to die. You thought Peter was going to die? Absolutely. Especially because of what happened at the end. I thought it was so a bit did that bullshit get you? how he survived. Like, I was like, oh, come on. So did that get Did you think he was going to die then? Yeah. I, I thought, no way is he going to die here. But I thought, <clears throat> at least Rocket or Drax, you know, Dave Batista would do yeah. it. And I thought, Dave Batista was saying that he wanted to move on to different things. I thought that meant he definitely was going to get killed off at the end. <clears throat> and I was very surprised that no one did. And I'm surprised they saved Rocket. And obviously I thought the bit with Peter Quill was a bit of a cop-out. Um, hmm. But yeah, it just... I was surprised that no one died, but I was emotionally like I couldn't believe that they split up at the end. Um, but I think it was the right choice. Like rather than killing everyone off, I thought it was a good idea that they all split off and that Peter Quill went back to Earth to see his grandpa and stuff. And you know that whole song with um, "Dog Days Are Over" by oh, the Power yeah. Machines, and that's just blown and, up now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Viral again. What um, a song. And I. Anyone can call me a wuss, but I I did cry at the end. Like it, it is emotional. <laughs> um, and I just think with that song choice, it just all came together really well at the end. And I just think it was such a heartfelt 
goodbye to these characters, I thought it was done extremely well. And it is probably, if I had to rank my Marvel films, it's probably up there in the top ten, maybe five. <coughs> yeah, top ten. Definitely top ten. Yeah. Um, it was incredible. And like we said, the acting was, was outstanding. And, and the sets, I mean... So many films are using, you know, green screen and and you know the, um, what's it called? The volume with like the the LCD panels that instead of green screen. But but James Gunn and you can see this through all his Instagram feeds and everything that he he actually built a lot of these sets mm. and and that just adds so much to the film, like giving you that real perspective and and the set the sets in the film and the the places they go are crazy and like you know the flesh. Yeah. The thing. bit I did find funny was when they went to. A sort of mirror, kind of that mirror earth. And you had those yeah, aliens animals, that were just yeah. like humans, but the animals, the animals yeah, that were just like yeah. humans. Sorry, um, and yeah, they have to go in that house. Drax yeah. is trying to and the family work is out like, what that sofa yeah, is, yeah, trying to lay down the sofa. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I think I saw it. <laughs> I'm ashamed to say I think I've seen it three or four times now, really? which a lot of people at work have given me shit about. Wow. But um, <coughs> sorry, um, yeah, it's it's it's. I just think it's so good. I I could, I could watch it again t- today. Um, it's it's rewatchability is up there. I think. Um, so hopefully it's it means good things to Marvel that you know they're getting back on track. Yeah. Um, and obviously with the whole DC thing, you know James Gunn being in charge of the DC universe now. Hopefully that, you know, hopes hopefully it shows to all the haters that he has got. You know, if it didn't before that he is, you know. A good, a good choice to, to take it on. I mean, I don't know what you think, but oh yeah, definitely. I think in a way he understands emotion, he understands film, he understands how to just showed Marvel what they're missing now, hasn't he? Well, because he's not going to be doing any more Marvel, is he? No, he's over at DC. I don't know if he'll do any more Marvel films now because he, yeah, like you say, he's doing DC. But there's not a bad relationship between him and Kevin Feige, um, and Kevin Feige actually gave him a lot of like pointers on how to do the DC universe and how to set it up. So I don't think there's any bad blood. Um, Obviously, there was that firing, but I think obviously they brought him back for Guardians of the Galaxy Three, and I think I, I saw a um, it was a theory on on TikTok or a podcast that they said that James Gunn, this whole story is about James Gunn getting fired, and that James Gunn is um, Rocket, and that they they fired him, and now then they were trying to get him back, and and it was mm. a very loose um, yeah, theory, but yeah. yeah, it was like people were saying that that was him. <laughs> But yeah, I thought it was bullshit, but <clears throat> it was quite an interesting theory. Um, just trying to think I've got anything else to say. You got anything else to say on it? Obviously, like we said, hopefully most people have seen it. If you haven't seen it, um, obviously we've spoiled a lot of it now, but, you know, it, should, it will be coming to Disney Plus soon. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, oh, yeah, I just, the, just Yeah, I just, <coughs> I think if someone died, it would have capped it off, like, really well. Really? Yeah. You didn't like how they all just split no. up? You're so horrible. Oh, you? <laughs> Such a prick. I think they were good. They, they've been fighting their save Rocket all this film. They save him and then bang, plot twist. He does die. Nah, I disagree. Yeah. I, think I really enjoyed it. I didn't want anyone to die. I think it would have pissed me off if someone did die. And I think it would have annoyed me if someone did die. But, you know... <clears throat> talk about the post-credits then <coughs> yeah do you want to explain I need a drink of water do you want to explain what they were well we had one with Peter meeting his granddad um we have a nice little sit down dinner at the table and then we get the 
words that Peter Quill will, will return. Not just that, we also had the Guardians, the new Guardians team. But then, getting onto that one. No, that was first. Was it? Mm. Oh. Because this is what I was going to say. It was such a disappointing end credit scene because you have a mid credit scene, which was the Guardians team, which included Rocket. Yes, they're f- yeah, on that. Pl- yeah. Kraglin. Kraglin, yeah. who's now mastered the arrow. Mm. <clears throat> which we didn't really talk about, but yeah, he kind of struggles with that for the film. But that was kind of like a subplot that I didn't think was that strong. Um, yeah. But it was nice that um, Michael Rocker came back and, and played, um, what's his name? Green. Sorry, piss me off. Kriegu, something like that. Grogu, that's different. Yondu. Yondu. I know it was like, yeah. Yondu. Plays Yondu. So he comes back in this film. um, Kraglin sees him when he's trying to master the arrow. But yeah, so this team, the new team, is Rocket. We didn't talk about the kids either. We find the kids on the spaceship. Remember the whole civilization of kids that they, they save at the end? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't talk about that, yeah. But yeah, they find these kids on the spaceship, but <clears throat> I don't think we need to talk much, but obviously one of them does have powers. They, they're given special abilities, aren't they? Because mm. um, obviously, she's on, should we yeah. Them? yeah. So she's she's on the team. She's got superpowers, this young girl. Um, then you've got Kraglin, Rocket, Groot, Cosmo, <clears throat> and Will Porter's character, the um, Adam Warlock, and they're all like talking about songs they like, aren't they? And that's quite funny. And then he plays um, what song does he play? Hooked on a feeling. I don't know, man. He plays like one of the songs from the first film, and they they kind of go off into battle. So I thought that's quite cool seeing the team. And I I'm not sure if they're gonna do another film with them as a team, or if they'll come back in an Avengers level film. Um. But yeah, that was quite cool to see the new team because he kind of rocket takes over as well, the um, What film is Adam Warlock in next? No, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. he's not being said to be in any other film. So I think they'll just be an Avengers <laughs> level film. <clears throat> and obviously Groot's now like a king Groot, isn't he? He's like massive in that. <laughs> um, I thought Groot was... We haven't really spoken about Groot in the film. I thought Groot was really good. Like with the... um, He's got like... Uh, he's kind of like muscly, but... Yeah. Use it to like use like create wings and weapons and stuff. So. Yeah, that wings that was <coughs> that yeah, was a huge twist. That, really cool. that was cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's kind of like Swole Groot is Swole because he's got all these different abilities that he's now got a hold of. Um, and he seems he seems a lot more like in the comics as I remember him seeing him in the comics because he uses like his abilities a lot more. I don't think they kind of used them in one and two as much as they could have. <coughs> but he ex- he kind of explores you these abilities a lot more in, in this one um yeah and then as you went and said you wait all this time through the credits what are you looking at can't believe you're 68 yeah, it's good it's good for that age isn't it um sorry just looking at Michael Rooker saying 68 but um yeah you wait all this time through the credits and it gets to the last one and it's just him with his grandpa sitting at the table and his grandpa's talking about some family relations but and where do we think Peter Quill's going to show up next well, yeah, so it says the words, the legendary Star-Lord will, will return. Are they going to do a TV series for him? Like, is he going to do a comedy series on Earth? Which I thought would be quite funny. Yeah. He's obviously done comedy in Parks and Rec, so you know, maybe he'll do like a sort of comedy-style series on Earth. Is he going to have his own film? Is he going to come back in the Avengers? If they've got another Avengers film? Is he going to come back in 
Spider-Man and Daredevil if he's a you know, a low level like sort of street hero now mm. who knows so obviously it says he'll return but we don't know where don't know when um, <laughs> so uh, you know that kind of was a bit of a waste for me I <laughs> needed the toilet and uh, could have gone but no it was it was a great film uh, I, I can't wait to watch it again um, <laughs> for the hundredth time um, yeah so that was uh, Guns Galaxy Volume 3. That's our thoughts on it. Last film I'm going to talk about. Um, the other day we went and saw Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Out in cinemas now. Um, the cast includes Shamik Moore as Miles Morales. Um, Hayley Steinfeld as Gwen Stacy. Oscar Isaac as Spider-Man 2099. Jake Johnson as Spider-Man slash Peter Parker. And Jason Schwartz as a spot, and funny character. And yeah, I think it's it's a Ray. Oh, it's a Ray. Yeah, as uh, Jessica Drew. Um, just going to the story a little bit. Um, if anyone's seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, his last film, Miles Morales gets crossed over with a couple of other Spider-Men from different multiverses. They realise that there is a multiverse in this film. We get bitten by a spider, doesn't he? <clears throat> I think everyone would understand that. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think most people know. Getting by spider from work. I apologise. I didn't know we were going that far back. <laughs> Let's do this one last time. <laughs> he, he gets bitten by a spider, becomes Spider Man. Yeah. Because oh. there's already another Spider Man in his uni. Yeah. Yeah. See Spider Man die. He becomes the only Spider Man in his universe. Yeah. Meets some of a multiverse Spider Man. They then stop the machine that is creating the multiverse crossovers, and that's that story done. Is that okay with you, Chris? That's acceptable. That's satisfying. Okay. Um and in this film it kind of directly carries on from that. Um the film starts off, you learn a lot more about um Gwen Stacy, Hayley Steinfeld's character's backstory. You learn what Miles' dynamic is with his family <coughs> at, at, at this moment in time. And then <coughs> you find out that the machine from the last film that created the multiverse is creating more problems and the multiverse is crossing over even more and they have to work together to kind of stop this from happening so that's the kind of story about giving away any spoilers if we go into what our thoughts were about on the film without swearing it and then we can go into spoilers at the end Chris what, what were your thoughts on it <coughs> I did really enjoy it can I just say you fucking pissed me off in the film yep why because you're sitting there <laughs> and we're enjoying this great film what's up um, we're enjoying this great film Meanwhile, Chris is in there, Mr. Boring, checking his watch every two minutes. I knew you'd have pissed. <clears throat> so yeah. why don't you go before the film, Chris? It's a free hour. I don't need one film. then. It's not like back at school. Oh. If I could teach him, I don't need one. You're to start fucking pissing me off. And it was, it was too long. I, I, I don't it, know. It was too long. It didn't need to be that long. All I can say you could cut out was the backstory at the start. Yeah, didn't need that. But it did because it made you understand Gwen's... Yeah, but we knew she was in the last place. <coughs> yes, but it, it, it helped explain her backstory and, and why... Without getting into spoilers, the the whole message of this film, which maybe not you didn't get, was that Spider-Man cannot get it both ways in every universe. He cannot save everyone. And so I think what the start did was prove that like Gwen lost someone... Very dear to her, which then also was very close to Miles' story. And I think it kind of showed yeah, the comparison. In the middle of the them. film, when they're talking on after his dad's party. Yeah. 
She could have just said all that then. We could have got a brief little flashback. I I, I do understand what you're saying, and and it was a long film. Um, and yes, potentially they could have cut that out to slim it down. But I thought it was really interesting seeing her backstory, and it has grown on me. And I don't think I have to say our environment that we were seeing the film in wasn't the most comfortable either. For some reason, our cinema that we went to seeing was fucking boiling hot, wasn't it? <laughs> was it not? I don't know if it was boring. It was hot. It was fucking unbearable. Was it un- yeah, it wasn't unbearable. People were sweating. It was, it was gross. <laughs> it's flooding in there. Um, yeah, it just it just was not the most comfortable um, environment to be in to watch the film and it being that long. Um, I also had... Oh, fucking really great, man. I had these two people next to me who obviously just brought their kids to see the film and they were not bothered about the film and they were nattering the whole way through having a mother's meeting. I told them, I said, can you be quiet, please? I shushed them twice. Nothing. They don't fucking respect the film, man. Anyway, that's my little gripe over. But yeah, so for me, it wasn't... You know, even though all these distractions are going on, it was still an incredible film for me. Um, animation style, fucking unreal. I, I, don't, I honestly don't know how they do it. It's the first film in a long time that I've seen, and I'm like... Obviously, we know a bit about what happens in the back of films, you know, with all like, the CGI, and we kind of understand that a mm. little bit, I think. So I think when you watch them, you kind of understand like what's going on, and you understand what's happening like behind the scenes of how they do this. I don't know how they did this. I don't know how they did the, the various animation styles all in one. It was so well done. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it, it was it was a beautiful film to watch. Um, and I, I, I saw someone say um, on YouTube that they were, I was watching their review, and they were saying that you could almost take any screenshot of this film, blow it up, and put it on your wall, and it would look like a piece of art. Mm. And I have to agree, like, it was just, yeah, it was beautiful to look point. at. Um, the story was fucking unreal. I thought the story was really good. Yeah. It's the f- it's possibly the first in, film yeah. I've seen for a long time that had actual twists in it yeah. that I either the didn't end, see coming. The end twist was yeah, brilliant. Yeah. That I even didn't see coming or weren't ruined for me in spoilers or a trailer or anything. Mm. Um, which we'll get more into, obviously, when we talk about spoilers. But yeah, the story was really good. Um I think it is a kids film because it's obviously animated yep. um but i think it will appeal to adults as, as much um people are starting to say that it's the best spider-man film and one of the best sequels one of the best sequels ever. of all time you know obviously you got empire strikes back you know terminator 2 the you've got to live up to these but i do think it is on par i think it is a great sequel um to the first film um i don't know if i'd say it's the best spider-man film I really enjoyed the first Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse film. And I don't know if I enjoyed that a little bit more because it was a concise story and it was shorter. And yeah. we, without spoiling it, this film does end on a cliffhanger. So I wonder if that kind of leans to it as well. Maybe once I've seen the second part, they will be my two favourite films, Spider-Man films. Um, maybe I just was a little unsatisfied that it did finish on a cliffhanger, which obviously is good, yeah. but I just was like... Especially oh. when it's been that long and it ends, it ends on a cliffhanger, you're like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, kind of... <clears throat> it was a bit disappointing. <clears throat> I don't think it was disappointing. I just think it was just like, you enjoyed it so much, you wanted to know what was going to happen next. Yeah, but when I sit through something <clears throat> for two and a half hours, I'd like that it be... You want to be satisfied? <laughs> An ending. You know? Yeah, but... Did you not enjoy bits through? It's I didn't. Not about, it's I, not about the I enjoyed it. Destination is about the journey, Chris. <laughs> right? You know. I enjoyed it. I but think. Yeah, <clears throat> and and 
Jason Schwartz as the spot was an incredible villain. I thought mm. he was really good. I think he will come more into his own in the second film. Um, but his introduction in this film um, was was really good, and I, I really enjoyed um, his portrayal of the spot. Um, and obviously, you got Oscar Isaac as Spider Man Twenty Ninety Nine. I thought his voice acting he was great in it. Yeah. Kind of played this menacing sort of guy that just had to do what needed to be done to get it done. Do you know what I mean? Um, Hayes Steinfeld and um, Shamik Moore was good as always in this kind of like friendship slash romantic relationship where you know they want to be together and see each other all the time but they can't um i thought his dynamic with his parents was really realistic and really well done do you not think yeah i felt for his parents <clears throat> and i felt Definitely. their relationship between the two of them was really good um and you kind of felt the family dynamic and, and the pain that they were going through mm. um i think his whole dad's story <clears> with <throat> you know becoming the police captain everything his dad was going through was yeah kind of I would like to have been that to have been expanded upon. Well, okay, but how can you expand on that? I know, but I just enjoyed that. I would like to see more of it. Well, you will in the second film. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> uh, so great. Obviously, this is a multiverse film, so you get like many more Spider-Men um, in this film, which is shown in the trailer. But you got Daniel Kaluuya as the British Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Punk, and just um, the the sort of graphic design on him. Yeah, it was fucking unreal. Yeah. It was almost like so cutouts of magazines was, yeah. and newspapers stuck together. It was, it was. I can't honestly tell you how good it was. You have to go see it to believe like how good the animation is. But his like character was just so awesome. Like mm. this anarch. How do you say anarchical? Is that a word? Anarchist. Anarchist. Yeah, but what do you call a character? That is and is it anarchical? Is that a word? I mean. His character's an anarchist, so I'll just say that it's a bit lot easier. But yeah, he plays it really well, and like, there's kind of a joke of the, the fact that he's like kind of hooking up with Gwen Stacy, and Mars kind of gets annoyed about it, doesn't he? Um, there's a few comedic points for it, which are really good. Um, yeah, uh, and obviously you've got um, I can't remember what's the Indian guy's name. Kavita uh, or something like that. No, that's who he plays. Play. That's who he plays in Deadpool. <clears throat> Sorry, I want to just get this up. Pavita, yeah. No, Karan Sony. Yeah, he plays. Yeah, but that's yeah. the ca- I yeah, sorry. character. Name. No, no, the actor Karan Sony. Oh, Sonny, Karan Sony. Um, yeah, he plays. Um, yeah, he was really good. Like an in- liked, an Asian yeah, Spider-Man, isn't he? Was he? Funny. Um, Pavita Prabaka. Prabaka. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So you've got these. They meet these Spider-Men through. They go as they go through the multiverse, and I thought they were very. No one was lost, kind of in the film, were they? They all each had like their own bit that was really impressive. Um, yeah, I think I just think the story was really great, and it and it did end well on a really good cliffhanger. Mm. Had two huge twists in it that I felt were I did not see coming, um, and I think it really led up to the next film really well. And I, I can't wait. And like, luckily, at this moment in time, it's 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 March twenty twenty four release date. Is it? Yeah. So it's, it's really soon. Jesus Christ. So I cannot wait for that to come out. And that'll be pushed back, won't it? <clears throat> I hope not. But I think they've already done most of the animation on it. Oh. Um, which is why, because like they've had like five years, like since twenty eighteen to kind of do this and the other one. So they've kind of done both um quite quickly. Um Bear, do you wanna go in the, do you wanna kinda of go into spoilers? Have you, you got anything else to say outside of spoilers? No. Um other than the fact that we'd say definitely go see it. It's 100%. out in cinemas now. Um, 
it's about two hours and thirty minutes, so it's quite long for kids. Um, but I think they will enjoy it. The animation alone will keep them entertained. Um, but yeah, the story is really good, so def- definitely go and see it. Going into spoilers, then. <clears throat> Did you see the twist coming? So, so the two biggest twists were one that he wasn't meant to be Spider-Man. But well, yeah, yeah, and. Oh, did you? No, you saw that one? And the second one was that he ended up in the wrong universe. Yeah, but the, the one <coughs> causes the other, doesn't it? Really? So I would call yeah. it. I'd just call it one twist, really. But no, but they happen in different points in the film. Mm, yeah. Like you, but. Oscar Isaac tells him that, and they all know it, which I think is a massive point. That you yeah, like, why fuck. wasn't he meant to be Spider-Man? Because the Spider was taken from a different universe. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. But I think there's two twists <laughs> in the film. <laughs> One, obviously, you find out that he's not meant to be Spider-Man because the spider was that bit him was taken the from... spider was bit him was from Earth-42? Yeah. Um, and he's from Earth-190? Something, something, I can't remember. But, yeah, the spider was taken from a different universe, bit him, and then... Because what we haven't said about Spot, <coughs> Spot is a scientist. That's what I said. Did you want to say anything else? Uh, well, I've only just remembered that now. I oh, Spot is a scientist who... I want to say... He didn't create the spider, did he? But he, he brought took the spider from the other. So earth. they've kind of. I wish we said this outside of spoilers, Should but they. Edit mate. Well, I'm not fine editing <laughs> with. <coughs> <coughs> Alright, let's just start again. Well, I'm gonna have to cut and change this a bit, but. <coughs> Another thing I wanted to say was the spot. Oh no! <laughs> I thought you were offering it to me. <laughs> Anything else you want to say? Like you said. Anything else you want to say before we go into spoilers? Um. Probably just about Spot. Oh, yeah. Um, so he was a scientist, wasn't he? We haven't said this. Who he was a scientist. experimented on many different spiders and took different spiders from different... Oh, no, he took one spider from a different well, universe. Was it just that one? Yes. But then he had... Did he have his armor and he was taking other animals and... So he was a scientist working on the multiverse project in the first film, mm. which we now find out here. And when he was doing experiments and trying to pull things from different universes, if it would work, yeah, he pulled in the spider... That was meant to bite the Peter Parker in a different universe, uh, Universe Forty Two. He brought that spider into this one, and that then bit Miles Morales. And then Miles Morales also creates him as the spot, because when he blows up the machine, he's left there trying to stop it, and he becomes it's a very, spot. Um, very reminds me of the Flash. Yeah, creating his own villains. Yeah, yeah. the whole Parkour accelerator. <clears throat> That's DC, mate. Bang. Okay, right, this know, is Marvel. <laughs> um. Yeah, and, and the, the spot, we haven't explained the spot's character, but he, his powers are kind of like he puts these spots down and they open gateways or portals like to other areas, which mm-hmm. then he then realises he can use gateways to other multiverses. Yeah. And his, so his aim f- for the film is to just become more powerful and more powerful. And yeah, and he, because wants, to, well, he, wants, he wants to kill Spider-Man, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, but Spider-Man, Miles Morales doesn't respect him, does he? You're not a villain, you're just a, what does he say? There's a quote. A midweek villain, or yeah. something. Yeah, something along that line. The villain of the week. The villain of the yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. So he's just like another villain. Of, yeah. yeah, that you can beat easily. Similar to what happens <coughs> in the Flash TV series. Stop referring to the Flash, first, right? <laughs> no one likes the Flash. Um, and yeah, and so another Spider-Man from a different. I think it's Gwen Stacy says it as well. And I think the spot then feels like he's not appreciated, and I think he's got a lot of backups about you know respect, and so then he ends up like sort of. Yeah, wanting to become more powerful and get back at Spider-Man and prove to Spider-Man that he is a villain of worth and and to, to make him pay, yeah, and friends his family and stuff. So yeah, so that that's that's a spot. And I think he was a good character, and I think 
at first he's kind of played for comedy, and then it very turns it very quickly turns into a huge threat. Um, because at the start he's very funny, like what he's trying to do, and obviously Stuart was bursting out laughing, wasn't he? He was mm. loving it. Um, and it was a very funny, like they had a lot of comedic moments. But yeah, he very quickly becomes a, a big threat. Um, but yeah, that's uh, do you want to go into spoilers now? Yeah, that's it. Hold on, nice one. Um, spoilers now. Obviously, we're talking about the spot. Um, and obviously, he pulls that spider in from Universe Forty Two, and it bites Miles. And mm. I think that's Miles is what from Earth One Nineteen or something. Oh, I'm not sure, mate. Um, <laughs> and uh, feels like deja vu. <laughs> and um, yeah, and the, that spider bites Miles. But then you find out that that spider was meant to bite a Spider-Man in a different universe. Well, yeah, it's just logic, isn't it, really? <clears throat> yeah, of course. But, like, you don't really think about it, do you? No. And, and it was made clear by um, Oscar Isaac's Spider-Man 2099. He says, like, you weren't meant to be Spider-Man. He very brutally tells him, you're not meant to be Spider-Man. You're a mistake. This was never meant to be your destiny. And it's only because the spot brought the spider in from that universe and bit him. And then he created the spot. So they kind of... It's very well done how they've kind of mm. created each other. And they are, like, arch enemies. And destined to fight each other. <clears throat> and then, in doing so, at the end of the film, when Miles is trying to get back to his universe, because he ends up in the Spider-Man 2099 universe, he tries to get back to his universe to 16, save his 10. parents, because the spot threatens his parents. Uh, 1610. 1610. 1610. Well, so you're well off. <laughs> what did I say? 116. 19-something. I said 116. No, you but yeah, he obviously is trying to get back to his universe because yeah. the spot's friend, his universe needs. And Spider-Man 2099 is obviously saying that, like, I've tried saving my family in this universe and it caused the universe to collapse in on itself. Mm-hmm. And now you're trying to do that and we, we, we have to stop you. So he gets all the Spider-Men in this sort of spider society to, to stop him. Chase after him, yeah. And, which is a great chase scene. Um, <clears throat> and he ends up going to the wrong universe, doesn't he? I don't. I, I didn't yeah, realize that. So he gets in the machine. <coughs> this, there's this machine, which is like this big spider. Thing yeah, big spider itself. Um, Teleports you back which, to your universe. Um, it genetically finds out your what your blood type. You're from. Yeah. Um, universe from, and then sends you back there. Yeah. Obviously, because he was bit by by the spider from Earth Forty Two, it sends him back to that one. Because yeah. he's now got spider juice, spider blood in it. <laughs> 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 so it sends it back to that one Miles doesn't realise obviously us as an audience don't really realise no. I um, didn't clock until well I need to make a confession what you spoiled it for I think I'm not sure but I think I may have fell asleep <laughs> for fuck's <laughs> sake about Chris. five minutes because I don't remember this bit where Oscar Isaac told him that he wasn't from the universe so you fell asleep during the chasing they're just I, I remember the chase scene, but the bit where he's saying about you're not from the universe and shouted at him, you're saying he shouted at him. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I'm never going so to see I think again. If I would have seen that, I would have clocked it right away. But Oh, of course you would have. <laughs> of course you would have. They're on the train, and he's like, got him on the train, he's holding him down, and he's saying to him, like, this isn't you, you this isn't your destiny, you were never meant to be Spider-Man. You're an abomination mm. sort of thing. You, but you did see it. Destiny, you probably didn't yeah. think about it. This isn't your destiny. But I was tired. I did. Oh, I do remember. Sake. Yeah. You better do a line of cocaine. <laughs> that, <laughs> mate, keep you up. Um, 
But I didn't clock um, it. And like he ends yeah. up in the wrong universe. And they do it very well because Gwen says he is trying to follow into his universe and it's raining, you know, by circumstance in both universes <laughs> at the same time. Um, so you, then you kind of get mixed up and you think, oh, obviously Spider-Man 2099 also chases him in there with Jessica Drew and another Spider-Man that he grabs. Um, and they, they kind of go in and they're trying to find him. And you're thinking, oh shit, they're going to find him. And, and then he sees his mum and he does this big speech and throughout the film he doesn't want to tell his parents that he's Spider-Man and you think oh, this is a huge moment he's going to tell his parents, mm-hmm. his mum like he's Spider-Man and he tells her and she's like who's that and, and I was like what does she mean Thinks like, she... a big joke does she well I, I didn't I thought she was saying like I thought she was joking with him like saying like oh mm. he's Spider-Man like oh I pretend I won't know sort of thing and then he kind of she goes out and then his uncle walks in well we think it's his prowler. dad but yeah I clocked it was his uncle no I know, yeah it's new straight away it's his uncle his uncle walks in and he's like oh shit my uncle's alive and then you're like oh fuck and then that's like and the music for this whole thing is so tense don't you think yeah, yeah, the music definitely. was so tense for this whole bit obviously going like, well in this world they don't have a spider-man so well no because I didn't stop that like? well th- they went out the door didn't they mm. and then the world's like falling to shit and then yeah because his uncle says oh we gotta go so clearly his uncle who you, who the, well, his uncle, the Prowler, and Miles are clearly up to something in this earth. Um, some sort of uh, criminal activity. And oh, yeah, because when he says, like, the roof, He's like, oh, the mum with the plan again? Obviously, he doesn't know. Um, and then, obviously, his uncle clocks him. That is, no, the Prowler so, clocks him. Well, yeah. He's like, clocks him. Miles clocks him. But it's not him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not his Miles because we find out that he's not actually the Prowler. The Prowler. Yeah. Miles, miles uh, 42 miles I thought it was, so, it was so sick it was so good and like yeah Miles is like badass in the universe but yeah I just thought it was really well done and I think the twist was really good um, yeah. I, I didn't see it coming honestly and I think it's one of the best twists I've seen in a film yeah I didn't really. see him being the prowler coming no, but I, I just think yeah, his yeah. uncle was the prowler on this earth I was like oh his dad must have died his uncle's a person yeah okay I just think, think as it's going through and the music is tense you're sort of picking up like things mm. like you're trying to rush like pick up things like oh so obviously because there's no Spider-Man in the universe the universe turned to shit there's criminal yeah. throughout it all I initially thought that Mars might have died on that earth so when his mum saw him I thought oh fuck oh did you I didn't yeah. think but obviously I didn't know it was that earth and then as soon as his like, uncle came in I was like oh his dad's definitely yeah. died in this universe so yeah so it was, yeah, it, it was very confused for a bit. Yeah, but you're trying to pick up the pieces as you go. Sorry, I've got <laughs> cough. <coughs> but yeah, twists were incredible. Yeah. Um, so as we literally say, just as it's left. So going into the next one, we're now left with Miles on a different Earth. Miles is called by himself as the Prowler. Yeah. And he's stuck in this other universe and you don't know what they're going to do with him. You've got... Uh, when Hayley Steinfeld's Gwen Stacy met she's her parents who said oh I don't know where he is so they were going to try and find him well she she's getting her own team together isn't she she's got yeah. the um, Asian Spider-Man what's the, what's Oscar Isaac Spider-Man's name it's like Reyes or something I don't know, know. you've got him who's still going to be finding him no 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 no, no. alright sorry it's called like Torres or like, something like that I was saying it was Spider-Man 399 yeah it's really annoying because he actually does say his name Miguel O'Hara Miguel O'Hara fuck's sake yeah but he's um, very menacing in this yeah I thought he was great he was so scary like he was so like like tough like I think because obviously you find out that he lost his daughter and he tried to save her and that obviously fucked up he's obviously so scared of them fucking it up again but then you kind of find out that 
because he says that you can't change there's there's these points in the timeline which are known as canon mm. yeah and he says that you can't change a canon otherwise the universe will kind of destroy itself um but Gwen Stacy goes back to her universe and she finds out that her dad as captain mm. has quit being a captain and so he survives something I'm just thinking about where is the earth 1610 spider who would then bite someone to make an earth 1610 it bit the spider-man remember uh, spider-man died right. spider-man oh he became spider-man yeah remember and he died in the first film fuck <laughs> I thought that could have been a nice little thing for <laughs> um, number three but I mean <coughs> the Peter Parker of Earth 42 could still be a hero maybe he helps Miles get out of it because maybe he's already always had that hero mm. Well, yeah, we should be on said about him, have they? He's carrying around this baby all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm talking about the Earth 42 Spider-Man, not oh. the Spider-Man. Um, but there's no Earth 42 Spider-Man. What? There's no Earth 42 Spider-Man. What I'm trying to say is, obviously, Peter Parker in Earth 42 was never bitten by a spider. Yeah. But maybe he's always... Maybe could, maybe what the story could say is that he's always had that hero persona in him. Like, it doesn't matter that he has to be bitten by a spider. Maybe he does help mm. Miles because he's a good guy. Maybe he's like a vigilante. Yeah, trying, exactly. yeah, trying to, to stop the Prowler. Exactly, that's what I'm trying to say. Mm. So maybe Peter Parker still is a good guy. He doesn't need the spider bite mm. to make him a superhero. He is always, you know. But who mm. knows? Um, but yeah, you find out that there's these points of canon that then they try and stop things from changing. And then um, Gwen Stacy finds out that, her, that there's a point in the canon that every Captain Stacy has to die. And you see it happen in the Agent Spider-Man's universe. What is that Spider-Man's name? I keep saying Agent Spider-Man, but I think that's wrong. So well, I think the plot for the next Peter. one should be this Peter Parker. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. We haven't finished explaining what happens. Obviously, that point of canon that every captain of the police force is meant to die. Mm. He's meant to die in the... Um, What's the what's the world called? It's like the Asian Spider Man world. He's meant to die. Uh, and obviously um, Miles Oh fuck. I wanna say I wanna say it's like Mumbai yeah, City it's or something. It's like um uh, it's like connected with another name of a city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something Mumbai. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's really clever, but I can't remember it. Anyway. In that universe, Miles stops the captain from dying and therefore creates a massive like hole in that universe and it starts to implode in itself. So then Oscar Isaac says, you not, you can't do that. And the spot friends to kill Miles' family. And he says, I'm going to go and save him. And he finds out his dad's going to become captain. And so he's meant to die in that universe. Hmm. But in doing so, in stopping that, he will cause the universe to fold in on itself. And so they're all trying to stop him doing that. But Gwen Stacy finds out there is a way of changing it. And I think that was, that was quite interesting. It's quite interesting to see, like... There, obviously, Oscar Isaac is really scared of... <clears throat> things changing Miguel O'Hara is scared of like things going wrong but you know he's always becoming a villain yeah, because her he's dad trying to stop it. Yeah. just wants to give it all up doesn't he, he quits doesn't yeah. he and so he doesn't die yeah that, you know, that verse that city's going <coughs> Mumbatton 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 no, that's good that's really Mumbatton. Um, so yeah go on so what do you think so, so it's, it's left with her Parker. getting the team together because yeah. she's been given a, another like trans-dimensional yeah, yeah. uh, device by the British Spider-Man and they all kind of create their own team to help Spider-Man because he knows he's ninjas of the universe mm. and then you've got Miguel O'Hara and them not trying to stop him mm. um, and I think Jessica Drew's character she almost lets Gwen Stacy get away doesn't she because she yeah, sees her see and she's, she's kind of like of on the edge from... so I think she's yeah. going to switch sides potentially yeah, yeah definitely 
Um, so yeah, and then you're left with obviously Miles in this predicament of being on the wrong universe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's left. It just cuts off at that point, doesn't yep. it? It says to be continued, and there's no post credit scene. There's nothing. No. So so this next one, I think, yeah, obviously you have this Earth sort of two Peter Park. It's a forty-two Peter Parker. Yeah. Who, as is in the comics, he didn't have this thought until I just said it's it. just a crime scene photographer. Right, okay, like yeah. yeah, yeah. Because he's going to all these crime scenes, he's like, oh, crap, I should investigate it. He's a vigilante at night, wanting to stop the Prowler. Yeah. Somehow he helps uh, Miles Morales escape. They sort of team up. Is there this special way that you can somehow, instead of having a real spider, sort of like genetically transfer his own powers to a 42 Peter Parker? To then mend the sort of universe, but then I think he'll do that. But then he'll end up breaking it because he'll have to save his dad. I disagree. Just a theory. That's a good theory, you can't but <laughs> can't disagree with the theory. <clears throat> I think there may be potential that they're gonna pr- show like somehow that Peter Parker from that universe will like help out and like save day. You know, because they do this thing with the coin book that says like one last time, I'm Peter Parker from this universe. Dot dot dot. Mm. So they could do a similar thing with him, saying like. I'm a vigilante. Like, there's a lot of crime going on. Like, he kind like of a arrow type. <clears throat> or Batman. You could say Batman. But My name. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like they kind of maybe he'll help out. But I do think because it's very clearly stated that Miles was the original like fuck up and the the, the thing to go wrong. So does he have the power to change? If he changes that, does everything else change back? Well, or does if he, he gives his powers back? To this Peter Parker. Does do you want to give me a minute to explain? <laughs> oh, I was going to say, maybe he has the power to change things and not cause problems in the universe. Maybe, but I don't get how you'd mend everything else. But maybe, uh, I think the the key thing is Gwen said he finds out that you can change things without s- destroying the universe. Like things can take a different path. That's we the don't know, like, point. It could be <clears> some. There could be some higher up buddy. Well, level I thought of management <clears throat> can control all this, like the fucking Watcher. You know, well, there's a woman called power. Madam Web, right? And she's meant to be like the controller of all like the timelines, the Spider-Man, mm. Spider-Web verse. And I thought that the girl from Euphoria, there's a TV series coming out that. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, there's a film actually about Madam Web. Yeah, 2024. Um, <coughs> I thought. What's that? <coughs> <coughs> oh, I really apologise. The girl from Euthoria, who is Sydney Sweeney. Sydney Sweeney, I thought was meant to be playing Madam Web in this film. No, the voice. Absolutely not. No, I think it. It's got a credit on here because I looked up the girl and I was like, "Who the fuck's that?" Ah, uh, no, right. Okay, sorry, I'll put it. She's playing Spider-Woman in the live-action Madam Web film. Right? So she's doing that. I thought she was meant to be in this film, but I was wrong. But yeah, there, there's Madam Web, so yeah, she controls like the thing. So maybe she'll come into the third film, third film, and maybe she'll like show. But with this film... Maybe she's playing live-action, not... No, I wasn't talking about that. I said no. I got it wrong. Um, With this film, we had no idea where it was going. So... In the first film, I have no idea where it's going to go. Obviously, the spots are going to become yeah. spots going to become a massive character, mm. and I don't know how they're going to stop him. To be honest with you, <clears throat> but yeah, it was a very good film. 
I definitely would recommend going to see it. Wouldn't you? Absolutely. Sorry, Chris is swooning over Sydney Sweeney. No, there's other people. Oh, other people. Okay, good for you. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that's that's our last film for the review this week. Um, definitely going to see it. It's one of the best films I've ever seen. Um, best really film good. of the year so far? Huh? Best film of the year so far? Guardians was good. Mm. It's definitely up there. I can't top, what top three. <laughs> right, you've been seeming for a moment. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely, definitely really good film. Definitely go see it. Um, and I hope you enjoyed hearing our thoughts on it. Um, that's all for our film episodes this week. I uh, hope you enjoyed. And um, see you next time, folks. Bye-bye. Mm,